It is the Brotherly Love Podcast, Anchor.fm, all of your podcast platforms back and better than ever, or at least we'll try to be. Joe Donald, John Mita here with you. The Super Bowl is set. It's the Chiefs. It's the 40 Winers. We'll talk about that. We're going to dive into the 76ers, this recent injury to Joel Embiid. I want to get Johnny Mita's thoughts on their possible trade deadline acquisitions, NBA trade deadline coming up in about a week or so. But a lot to digest across the NFL, including... Our beloved Eagles, who royally pissed the bed and uh, wrapped it up with a just deflating, embarrassing, and somewhat depressing exit in the wild card round in Tampa Bay. Uh, last time we were on, we were previewing that game where John Mita said, No, I got no faith. The birds won't win. I think it's the first time in like 200 some episodes of this podcast where <laughs> you said they weren't going to win, John Mita, and you were spot on. Uh, boy, not only did they not win, they got embarrassed. First of all, how the hell are you, my man? Doing well, buddy. Doing well. Um, yeah, it was embarrassing. And listen, I was hoping that an embarrassing loss would lead to an absolute house cleaning. When I say house cleaning, I mean the entire coaching staff. But as of today, we're going to play the role of Nick Sirianni as CEO of the Philadelphia Eagles. And we're going to get two new coordinators, which, thank God, at least we're going to get that because – the way they just dropped the season was just terrible. Um, I, I, again, I wonder if, if it looks like the team quit on Nick Sirianni. So I've never seen a team that had basically somebody quit on them. And then all of a sudden the next year that everyone's great with the coach. So I don't know how this is all going to pan out, but uh, yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't the way I would have handled things. But, you know, that's why I'm uh, – I'm not in the front office, although I think I should be. Yeah, we've known that for a long time. Um, <laughs> all right, let, let's just jump right into it then. Let's sure. And I and and as I texted the other day, there's so much that's gone on the last really eight to ten weeks with this football team. Not a lot of it good, um, but because there's so much, we could talk for hours, and we have over the last couple of weeks. You and I just chatting for 10, 15, 20 minutes of time, venting mostly. Uh, but I want to focus on, in your opinion, where it all went wrong and then what also was the most disappointing part. And they could be, I guess, linked together. And then I'll share my side of it as well. Because over time, yeah. dude, you know, I've tried to pinpoint. I think most Eagles fans have like, what the hell happened, right? Where yeah. did this all go wrong? Was it a culture thing? Was it a like, did the players quit? Was it a leadership issue? Was it a Jalen Hurts thing? Was it a coaching thing? Was it a lack of adjustments and just beating your head in the wall? This is how we do it thing that backfired. Um, I, I kind of believe or have through the last handful of weeks since it's all come to a crashing halt that maybe there's been parts of all of that. But as we sit here today, they have two new coordinators. The Super Bowl is looming. They're not in it. Uh, where did it all go wrong? And what's the most disappointing part of it all? I mean, I just listen. I think the 49ers game was the tell. Um, who was it? Joey Bosa said that, you know, Hertz has a tell and they kind of put out kind of like a, like a playbook on how to attack Jalen Hertz, what his weaknesses are. And from that moment, everything just stampeded. And the week before they beat Buffalo, Jalen Hertz has like five touchdowns, like three passing, two rushing or four touchdowns. And they're like, Oh my God, here we go. You know, then they clinched the playoff berth, and then you have Dallas Goddard come out and say they kind of took the foot off the gas, which, again, if a locker room is completely together and the coach 
you know, has the reins on the entire team, you're not going to hear stuff like that come out in the public. You just won't. And and then it just snowballed. And then games, other teams were attacking the Eagles' weaknesses. Like, okay, well, Jalen Hurts can't read a blitz. He doesn't know what to do with the pressure. They don't know what to do with the wide receivers when this pressure's coming. I mean, it just snowballed and snowballed. And, and, and frankly, Joe, the, the defense was just horrendous. The last seven weeks of the season – you know, when your defense is giving up 30 points a game, who the hell are you going to be giving up 30 points a game? Your offense is going to have to be absolutely perfect for you to win football games when your defense is giving up 30 points a game. So it was a combination of all. And actually, I ran into Brandon Graham at the park's best car wash. And I asked him, I said, what exactly do you think where it all went wrong? You did? You basically, huh? You asked Brandon Graham this? Yeah, so we you know, talked about best. this. When when the hell did this happen? This is a week a week ago. I ran in him at Park's Best Car Wash, you know, right next to the barnyard, and and you know, he lives right down the street from my friends. But oh, hang yeah, on, I, I need in. the full. I need the full story here. You were you were washing your car. You had just I was, yeah. for it to be washed. I, and you're now, standing now, in the waiting room. It's now, an automated I, service. Yeah. What what was this? All right. So it, it's the one of the best car washes around. And, you know, I take in, I take in the car and I'm getting a wash. I go in there and I go, oh, my God. I go, that's Brandon Grant. And me and him are the only two people at this car wash because I hit it at a weird hour. It was like 4.30 on a, like a, a, a Tuesday or something. And I go in there and I go, BG. He goes, oh, what's up? He's like, you can call me Brandon. I was like, oh, great, Brandon. So I get into it. So, I I mean, I, you know, me, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to answer everything. So I'm like, where do you think it went wrong? He's like, man, I'll just put it to you this way. He said, guys were just selfish. This is what he says. Guys what? are just selfish. Yeah. So then in my head, I go, well, who's he talking about? Is he talking about Jalen? Is he talking about A.J. Brown? Is he talking about Darius Slay? Is he talking about veterans that wanted to play, but nobody just wanted to give it up for the team? So that's one of the questions that I asked him. Then I asked him about the Georgia boys, right? I go, what do you think of the Georgia boys? Man, they got they got a lot of talent, man. But, you know, they're, they're cut different from the Alabama Cats. So then he's acknowledging what? that. Yes. Yes, this is what he said. That's amazing, John Mita. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. He's like, I tell these guys, you know, they got all the talent in the world, but you know, they just cut a little different. You know, the Alabama guys. And then I go into this one. I go, well, because, yeah, Alabama, you got Nick Saban. You know, he kind of rules with an iron fist. So it sounds like the Georgia kids were a little coddled. You know, they think they made to the next level and they don't have to work as hard. Very different. Almost like a different mindset between the two programs. Obviously, Georgia's won a couple titles. They're great. Alabama's been titled town forever. But it was interesting during to say that. He goes, yeah, I want to come back. I think we're going to try to work something out. I think we'll be back on a one-year deal. And, you know, and we just, you know, we talked about a couple other things. Yeah, I think if they put the right people in place, because we were talking about coaches. I go, well, what do you think, you know? And he was like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of changes, he said. You know, and this is before the two coordinators were hired, by the way. There's going to be some big household changes, he said. So it was ah. an interesting conversation. Were you, know? you hoping that the car wash would have like some type of mechanical failure and you'd have to sit yeah. there for like the next hour and just chop well, it up I with mean, Brandon Graham? Uh, I mean, honestly, Joe, Brandon Graham is the nicest college athlete, or I mean, college pro professional athlete 
that I've ever come across, that I've ever met. So engaging, so personable. I mean, it was just one one of the and again, you know me, I'm like the worst. I'm probably like his worst nightmare because here's a guy that knows a little <laughs> bit about the team, you know, season ticket holder, and I'm giving him the fifth degree at the car wash waiting room, and I'm sure he's probably like, man, I hope my Dodge Ram gets done here yeah. pretty quick so I can get the hell out of here. But he was he was great. He wanted to be back. Listen, I thanked him for bringing us the Super Bowl. I said I was there. You have no idea what that moment meant to me and all of us. You know, in this area, it was just amazing. And so, yeah. So, are so you it. replacing me with Brandon Graham for your new podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. If we, if we, if, listen, we get BG on our airwaves every day. You know, we, yeah. we might have some some hitters and some advertisers. Yeah. Amen. You know? Amen. Um. All right. Well, we deviated yeah. there, but I'm glad we did. Sorry. Great story. How did yeah. you not tell me this, dude? I don't know, man. Well, life's been a, like crazy lately <laughs> with this baby coming and work's been crazy. Like it's, there's been a lot, you know? So yeah, yeah. I'm just right. trying to get my footing back. Yeah. All right. So, well, Brandon yeah. Graham. Okay. That actually sheds a little bit of light, makes us not feel as crazy. Right. Um, right. Like he knew so something said, was up. Right. And it sounds like it was chemistry in the locker room. And like, by the way, maybe- by the way, of, of the older players who played the best in that playoff game, as embarrassing as it was. He did. Right. He did. Him and Fletcher Cox. Yeah. Like, well, honestly, you saw the report. Honestly, like I was Fletcher. a little I was a little worried. Like, I didn't think Kelsey had a great game. We're gonna get right into it. And yeah. you know, and again, I I I don't break down offensive line tape, but I wonder about Jason Kelsey's game moving forward. Like, was yeah. he as good as we always think he has been the last four or five years? I don't know. Well, if you read, yeah, yeah. Well, if you like read part, report, part of the, part of the, sorry to cut you off, but part of like, to me, part of an issue when you can't block a blitz is the center's job to figure out who's coming and make sure everybody knows. Now right. he can't tell the wide receivers what to do and he can't tell the quarterback what to do, but there shouldn't be as many free runners if your line's all on the same page. But right. You know, I already took shots at Merrill Reese a couple weeks ago. I'm not taking any shots. <laughs> I'm off. Nah. Uh, I want to well, have Well, I mean, I don't know if you read their life. quick report, though. It looks like Jeff McLean stated that it looks like Fletcher and Kelsey are leaning towards retirement. This really? is according to Jeff McLean. Yeah. Okay, I mean, because Fletcher I just, Cox and, there was just yeah. an interview. Uh, gosh, who did it? I just heard it today where they yeah. said that he didn't shut the door at all. And he was talking about next season and making changes. And- I, I mean, I, I yeah, I heard that too. I, honestly, Joe, I think he just wants to do it on his own terms. I yeah. think he was pissed off that maybe somebody leaked it and he wants to do it. And listen, you and I talked about this, you know, before, uh, during Christmas. Yeah, my hot like take, Travis, right, my hot hot take, take was it. Jason and Travis retired at the same time after this right. season. They announced it on their podcast and they ride off into the sunset done with the NFL. Right. But now right. I don't and think either. Tra- now I don't think either. Well, I don't. And, and again, if, if Travis wins another Super Bowl, does he retire? Well, I, I mean, would just again, ride off. That's what I kind of think it's the perfect timing. But if Jason's not leaning that way, there's no way Travis goes out before Jason. Uh, I think I my hot know. takes off the table now. I think they both come back for one more year. I was feeling I really they- good about that take like six, eight, ten weeks ago that they're both going to go out together, regardless I, I, of how the season played out. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're both retiring. That's my take. I'm going to stick with your take. Okay, you I'll stick take with it. it. I'll you take can it. claim it if it if it goes I'll, through. You claim it. I'm claiming. I'm out Damn on that right take now. All right, Damn we got right, again. We got a little side right, chat. Uh, side track. Right. Let's let's all get right. all right. So for the birds, 
you, you right. touched well, on a few things. You touched yeah. on a few things, but I want to know at so where it went wrong in your opinion was the Niners game. Yep. And you yep. think that the most disappointing thing at all is, uh, of all of all of it was the defense? Are those fair to per- personnel? Them I think, I, I, personnel? Yeah, I think Howie. Yeah, I think Howie let us down per- personnel wise, especially on the defense end. Okay, you know. So here, here's and where I, I come out on this. All right. Yeah. I, I think you know you and I talked about the Niners game. They they got their soul ripped out. Whether it was a blueprint thing or they just took their man card from them. But I I go then and I look at some of the Cowboys game and well actually yeah. the rest of the Niners game. Like they didn't quit in that Niners game. You know, the whole Dom sideline thing, they got momentum, they went down and scored. They just couldn't stop them, right? They scored on like seven straight drives. But I didn't feel like the team quit at any point. I didn't feel like they quit in the Dallas game. They just fumbled the football a hundred times, and they end up getting their doors blown off. Then you look at the Seattle game where they make that coaching change. And they're winning that game. Maybe they're not playing great. I wasn't able to watch all of it, but they were winning until the final minute 20 where they allowed Drew Locke to go 90-some yards, and it was a grease fire. To me, I, I think when I look at all of it, I think that was it. Okay, yes, they rallied to beat the Giants, but we were there. They didn't play well. I I think we booed half the game, and they won. Right. But And they didn't win again after that. again after that. So I think it was the whole defensive coordinator change that ultimately was the final straw. Yeah, I don't know. If still- player, I don't know if the players are on board with it. I don't know who pulled the string. I don't know why they pulled it. Ultimately, you lost to two really good teams. I hate saying Dallas is a really good team, but you got to give them credit. And you lost to a team that's now in the Super Bowl. Those two losses sent you into panic mode. Why? The second half of that Dallas game, they stopped the Cowboys. Okay, right. that's one thing Sean Desai did. If they got torched in the first half, for the most part, outside the Niners game, they figured it out in the second half. The Bills game. You know, they shut the Chiefs and the Dolphins down pretty much in the second half. So I, I think that move, that panic move, um, ultimately was the straw, the final straw, that maybe the players didn't trust the coaches, the players didn't feel the coaches had their back. Maybe they knew the coaches weren't pulling the strings and it was management that made the call. Whatever it was, that seemed to set about or kind of be that last push off the edge of the cliff for this football team. I think, I, I think I'll die on that hill as far as, where did it all go wrong? It ultimately went wrong. And again, they, they could have won that game, and maybe we're not having this conversation. But they didn't win the game. Matt Patricia didn't get it done. The players didn't get it done. And then it was just, oh boy, we're in trouble here. And they never got it together. The most disappointing thing for me, though, okay, is going to be the fact that this feels like a wasted season. For as much hope as we had coming off the Super Bowl appearance, for the 10-1 and start, for another year of Jalen Hurts' career when he's still young, for what could have been Kelsey's final year. Uh, you mentioned Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Lane Johnson, these guys that helped bring us a freaking Super Bowl. It feels like it was a wasted year. And on top of that, it was embarrassing. The way that they competed late or lack of compete late was embarrassing. Like, you know, I told you earlier in the year, like the haters, right? And they come out, I, I just revel in it, like, I'll get texts from people that know I'm an Eagles fan. Oh, what happened today? Like, they just want to chirp, okay? Nobody said a thing to me over, like, the last six weeks of the season because they just watched the grease fire from afar, and they took it all in. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it was, right? They couldn't oh. even they couldn't even chirp me. These cockroaches that come out on the text messages, friends, colleagues, whoever, I wasn't hearing anything for the most part because everybody <laughs> knew how pathetic it was. 
Like yeah. it was embarrassing. That playoff we, game was embarrassing, John Mita. And 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 defensible. How how you can't even defend like right. Well, at least they did this. No, or they really yeah. tried hard there. No. Or like no, Devontae just, Smith is literally the only player that I would have flown yep. back on the team charter after that game. Everybody else would have had a freaking fly commercial or fucking walk their way back. Hundred percent correct. Literally, guy, literally balled out after. Yeah. Almost getting his leg murdered because yeah. of coaching malfeasance. Yes, yep. absolutely. Yep. So, hundred percent. I think to me, the most disappointing thing will be the fact it was a wasted season. The way they finished, how how heartless they appeared to be, how spineless they appeared to be. No, well, uh, and the regret. And the other thing too, Joe, is real quick, like the regression of Jalen Hurts. Like here, I thought, you know, you, you got a top ten franchise quarterback, and now all off season we're going to be hit with. Is this Carson Wentz 2.0 yeah. again? Well, the you similarities know, the are stunning. Oh, it's, From it's, the locker it's, room it's, talk to yeah, the media yeah. leaks to the oh. to the front he office wanna, meddling to the coaching. Yeah, does right, doesn't want to be around the guys, kind of just like does his own thing as a lone warrior, like you know, all that stuff's like a little like <laughs> troublesome and, and red flag. Like, yeah. Uh, and again, like, like uh. well, what what would that have started midseason? Like they were ten and one. There was none of that. Does that stuff no, only know. come out when it's not going well? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. Know. I still, um, I, I, I still think also too a, a bigger role that maybe we'll find out a little later on. He was hurt. And well, maybe he was hurt. And also Brian Johnson. That relationship was Brian Johnson holding him accountable. Was he too but, lenient? But John, but and Mita, then and then how, here's how the other thing: how could he not hold himself accountable? Forget Brian Johnson, if he no, was his best friend, his godfather, his his brother's cousin's nephew. I well, don't care coaching, what his relationship was. All we've heard about Jalen Hurts how hard he works. Keep the main thing the main thing, right? No, nah, no. Well, then nah. why didn't he hold himself accountable? Because he didn't think he was playing poorly. He's blaming the line. He's blaming the coaches. I don't buy yeah. that. That guy works too yeah. hard from everything we've heard. No, I'm with you. But the other I think thing he was is, hurt. Who, who's up? Yeah, I think I think. Well, John, I mean, all he you had to do is move, take one look at it. He didn't move finger. well all year. No, I agree. The, diff, yeah. the biggest difference between last year and this year, and I, I didn't look this up, but I will. Yeah. What was Jalen Hurts' like longest rush this season? Fifteen yards, eighteen yards, maybe. maybe. Maybe the Seattle 20. game when he scrambled from like the twenty-five to the forty. I, Against like, the Rams, he had one big. I think it was twenty six yards, but I okay. think that was the longest of the year. But like, no, I hear he didn't. He didn't, no, no. He didn't make oh, anybody miss. Hand. He didn't get no, around the corner. I don't care about the hand. You want to know why I don't care about the hand? Because the legs is what allowed him yeah. to beat the blitz in the pass. It allowed teams right. to respect the RPO. It allowed right. them to get to their offense. Their no, offense was shit when he couldn't move. Nobody talked about that down the stretch because he wasn't on the injury report. He didn't miss any time. Something right. had to have been wrong with Jalen Hurts. His mobility from literally the first game, he looked like he had a hitch in his giddy-up. Yeah. And no, what I, I think could have been malfeasance here, and we'll we'll never know. When they were 10 That's and true. 1, maybe they should have shut his ass down for three or four weeks. Yeah. You still were getting a wild card spot. You knew that. You had clinched. Right. Let him get healthy if that was the case. Yep. Because he didn't look the same. He didn't move the same. He didn't yep. he didn't ever pull the ball out of the belly of the running back and gain 10 yards. The only time he ever ran was those quarterback draws. Yeah. Okay. That's we talked we talked about the remember the Micah Parsons game last year? 
against the Cowboys oh, yeah. where they had Micah Parsons in a box. If he crashed, yep. they pulled him through it. If he laid back, they ran it this like and the you know Collinsworth was talking about it, and the MVP Micah Parsons was literally just he was ineffective. Because Talk about of, a guy that falls off the cliff in the last six games of the season, yeah. my but, God! But like their scheme, their scheme caused Parsons to want to pull his hair out. That's what made that team great last year. They never had that this year, and I gotta think it's because Hertz couldn't run. I don't care how much the defense adjusted or how much tape they watch or in the summer, all anybody did was try to figure out the Eagles. I'm not buying any of that. You're telling me that last year from weeks five to weeks 20, including the playoffs, the teams didn't have a chance to study. The The, the Eagles offense torched the Chiefs for the most part in that Super Bowl. The yep. Chiefs had a whole week to prepare going into the game and the Eagles came out and did whatever they wanted. So I don't want to hear that Defense is focused and Hurts has to change. No, the offense ran fine, whether it was the play calling and Steichen mm. or whatever. I'm I I really believe that Hurts' mobility hurt this team more than any of us factored in when when it was really falling apart late. Anyway, wasted season, disappointing, embarrassing, and honestly, like the Jalen Hurt when Jalen Hurts took that safety, the football game was over, and I was yep. I was about as upset as I've been. I've been a Jalen Hurts. Supporter, I feel like I've had his back. I think he's a stud like you do. I think he could take us to the promised land. But that was a terrible play. That was a Carson Wentz type play with no awareness and hero ball all mixed into one. And just before that, when Kenny Gainwell, for some fucking reasons, running the football back across the grain near the goal line and, and Hertz <laughs> didn't want to block that guy, that told me yeah. everything I needed to know about how dialed in that team was. They weren't committed. They didn't give one crap if they won that football game. And it showed. They didn't tackle anybody. It was embarrassing. Sirianni had that hungover yeah. look on his face the whole game. Yeah. I, I, uncle. Yeah, the tackling was the biggest disappointment. Like, you know, it's like you get paid to tackle. And they showed no interest. And that's just. And, and if again, we, that's if anybody I out say, there, like, you know, Matt, I, I wasn't myself. Quit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Matt, I wasn't myself for thinking Darius Slay might help this defense when he came back for the playoff game. After that game ended, I didn't hear his name called. He didn't make a play. He never passed breakup. He didn't make a tackle. He didn't do anything. He had a typical Darius Slay game where he's like, oh, he was fine. Like, whatever, dude. He's soft. Yeah. He's he's selfish. I don't want him around anymore. Gotta go. Well, I mean, I think our bigger problem is getting Bradbury out. Yeah. But we gotta keep what the one hell of them. But both of them, no. Oh, the train. But that's what happens when you sign old corners. It I think there's two positions in the league. I think running back and cornerback are the two positions in the league. Once guys get over 28 years old, once they play between six and nine years, I think after that you can just expect a steady decline. Yep. It's a great point. Um, the other thing, too, like we all wanted to give Howie the backhand toe drag, a little reach around for Howie during the season. Oh, he transferred. Oh, yeah. Shaq bringing Shaq Leonard trades were yeah. fired. Why would the t- yeah. Titans GM take his phone call? How we got fleeced this year by bringing yeah. in more old expiring parts. And well, that's it. And, and and he had to do it to cover up his own mess. So yeah. screw you, Howie Roseman. Well, and anything that taught us, if you look at, you know, you look at the games, obviously Baltimore didn't win, but their defense, they give up 17 points in the first half, and then they go into lockdown mode. 
if there's anything that told you, you watch Kyle Hamilton play safety for the Ravens, who, again, we took, but, oh, and we took Jordan Davis over him, but we also made that trade for A.J. Brown. So, but it, it just shows you that you want a good defense in this league, you have to commit resources to the position of linebacker and safety. If you think you can just pick up guys off the scrap heap in the street, like, oh, like you did in the past, oh, we can sign guys on one-year flyers, you're sadly mistaken. So we need massive upgrades at both those positions. And, I mean, like, I'm bringing in, like, N'Kobe Dean is the only one that has, like, a guaranteed roster spot just because you're like, okay, he can play special teams. But you need new linebackers and you need a whole new slew of safeties because you got Reed Blankenship and you have Sidney Brown who's coming off an ACL injury. Another reason why I didn't want to play anybody against the Giants. And you, you just got to commit to those positions again. And guys like you look at Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, um, and Brandon Grant, but just take Kelsey and Cox, right? The two of them made $22 million. So if they're not on your roster, like, there's some there's some good safety free agents and some good linebacker free agents. So I think you need to go one and one. I think you need to draft a young stud linebacker and, and, and safety, and you need to sign one of free agencies. So that's kind of where I'm at. But we can get into that later. Would you trade A.J. Brown? No. <laughs> no. It, it depends how bad it is. If he and Hurts can't, like, it's, if like, if their relationship is as bad as what McNabb and T.O. is, yes, because you're not going to have a higher ceiling. If it comes out that this can't work, and, and then his trade, you know, so, yeah, that's kind of where I am. Would you? No. But, yeah, like you said. I mean, the only thing is, too, is we're going to have to pay Devontae Smith at some point. And listen, I want to see Devontae Smith be a lifelong eagle. He's probably my favorite player on the entire roster. So I'm keeping him at all costs. And it's like, how are you going to allocate resources? Can you pay two receivers huge money with a quarterback that's making a handsome salary? So these are the tough decisions. But, you know, the Wizard of Westwood with the, you know, the magic pen, how he needs to get it together. But I don't think, no, I don't think, John Mita, there's any way that that they can get a first round pick for AJ Brown. Like there was some talk yesterday on WIP about it. There's no right. way nobody's giving right. up a first round pick for him. I don't think name and name the last wide receiver that went for a first round draft. That's kind of my point. That's not how the NFL works. Right. You know? So if I mean, best case scenario, you get a late first. And when I say late, like 25 to 30, maybe, right. Maybe. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking. You're, you're not getting a top you're not getting third. a top ten pick. Right. So you're gonna give a top five wide receiver away for a first or second round unproven commodity. Right. So that's not, where I'm like, no. That's where I'm I, not that's, doing it. Yeah, I'm not doing it unless like the relationship can't be salvaged. If it's that bad, like he hates Jalen Hurts. I mean, it was one of his best friends. Like, how did all the sun like what the hell drove the spike between the posts? I mean, that's what we don't know. Yeah. You know, is it Jalen being an asshole? Like, he got the money, the contract, it all went to his head, and now he's an asshole? I don't know. Maybe. Well, the, you know, la- the latest is, I don't, and this is literally from today, but that Kay Adams from the NFL Network. Yeah, I, I saw some did clips. Did you see that? Yeah. Had both AJ bit. and Devontae on. Yeah. And it was like a FaceTime call is what it looked like, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And AJ didn't say, I'm an eagle. He didn't say, I don't want to be traded. And he was given the opportunity. He said, it's a business and we'll see how it goes. And he had a little bit of a smirk on his face. To me, it's like he wants out. That they did something or something was said or something was not done that should have been done. And he's had enough. That's AJ Brown, man. That's AJ Brown for you. That's why he's not in Tennessee anymore. Right. Because right. he got tired right. of that act. Right. But that's maybe I would have brought Mike Vrabel in to uh, <laughs> settle the waters with AJ. But, hmm. you know. But, um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if he was all in with the squad, he would have definitively said that. And he didn't. So, again, that is and a not go, not showing up to the playoff game, not even trying yeah. to play, not taking warm-ups and saying I can't play, scrubbing the social media of everything Eagles. I don't yeah. think he's here next year. I, you could be right. And uh, it's very better, disappointing. You better get some shit in return, you know? So, so yeah. Yeah, so, right, so we're both, we're both on the same – yeah, exactly. We're both on the same page. Don't trade yeah. him unless literally he says, I want out. Uh, that's it. That'd be the only reason. Because I looking at what Kellen Moore does with his wide receivers, I think they'll be able to get they're going to get these guys the ball a lot more creative. Like and and Kellen Moore, he's not a big, you know, my favorite thing, run the ball. He's not a big run the ball guy. So they're going to throw 60 percent of the time, most likely. Yeah, it's going to be 60 40. So, I mean, there's going to be plenty of balls to be had. So. Ten and one, John Mita. This team was ten and one. Yep. All right, the coordinators, real quick. What do you, what do you like about Vic Fangio and Kellen Moore? Um, Vic Fangio is the god, the godfather of whatever scheme he runs. So we've had disciples, but forget the disciples. Why not get the guy? So I was a little like, eh. I just don't like the the um, the bend but don't break. But I do love the experience level. And from what I heard, like, guys are bitching in Miami. But listen to Ron Jaworski and some other guys like Dante Whitner, who played for him out in Denver. It sounds like guys just weren't committed to work hard. So he's going to come in here, and it's going to be his show. And you're either going to work hard or you're going to sit your ass on the bench. And I think that's a good thing. Because I think this team needs some more tough coaching, you know? I think it got more like a country club. You know, everyone's like, ah, you know, doing our thing, we're winning. But when stuff gets tough, you're going to need some tough love. And I think he's the guy to produce it. I saw the D-line coach he hired, Clint Hurt. That guy looks like he specifically brought in to kick Jalen Carter and and, and Jordan Davis's ass. So we'll see. Um, So experience, you know, <clears throat> he's led some good defenses. I think there's um, Kellen Moore. I mean, he's worked with Dak Prescott, different types of quarterback, and he's creative. He does learn preset motion. He gets his quarterbacks under center. So I think the creativity in the match. And, and the crazy thing is, I don't know if it was Ian Rappaport. I think it was Ian Rappaport. But he's like, the Eagles were looking for someone that would be able to stand up to the. So I guess his own ideas, I guess. Brian Johnson kept getting walked over by Sirianni. So I, I don't know. So I'm optimistic. Um, and we'll just see what happens. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I love the experience factor for both of them. And they're both 
interim head coaches for when Sirianni gets fired, when this thing hits the fan, you know, November next year, which is awesome that we're already, we have our fallback plan. Um, Right. You know, but again, like, and this was brought up today on WIP and I, I believe it, you know, Doug Peterson ultimately fired himself, right? He essentially yeah. quit when a couple of years back he wouldn't fire his assistants and go with Howie and Jeffrey's plan. Right. Sirianni said, hell, let them be the fall guy. I'm back for another year. And he did yeah. whatever the front office wanted. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I think we yeah. all know that the GM and the owner are probably too involved from a football standpoint. Yeah. I think we got our definitive answer now when, you know, uh-huh. fool me once, but yeah. the second time, like this is the second time in a few years we're hearing the same stories about the quarterback a different quarterback from a different program with a different resume and a different skill set in some ways. And we're hearing the same thing about the coaches and the culture and how things have fallen apart and what the front office wants to do. Uh, And, you know, for this to happen twice in like five years is, is freaking crazy. It really is. And it's just, it's, it's downright depressing because my whole thing is like clean out the head coach. It's like, now you're looking at like a lame duck coach here. Like, I I, I don't know. Could it work? Maybe, maybe. But then if Kel Moore, he runs this prolific offense and hurts is firing on all cylinders and they're like, and a head coaching job opens and he's a prime candidate. You just kick Nick out the door and you're like, yeah, Nick, you know, you've been a great motivator. I mean, we enjoyed you watering the plants, but uh, I think we're going to let Kellen take over here. Yeah, I don't I don't see that so much because Kellen Moore has never been a head coach. I don't think – I think right. uh, Elliot Shore Park said today he's called plays for like six straight years now. Yeah. And, and from an offensive coordinator standpoint, meaning the play caller and the OC, Yeah, I, I don't know that anybody else has done that. So there's something about him that just – he's an OC. So yeah. I hear what well, you're you, saying, but I think it's more likely that, he right. just stays. Well, and, and pay him enough money. If they're good enough, pay him enough money so he don't leave. I mean, yeah. they got the money, for God's sakes. And on the defensive side, and again, that definitely I just shows on my invoice. I just I'm go just experience, kidding. too, you know, on the yeah. defensive side. Like, I – um, and, it, you know, hopefully they coach hard. They put in the time. They, they teach these guys fundamentals and none of this soft-ass approach during training camp. And this team gets yep. back to having a little bit of an identity, you know. Yeah. Um, I still don't think they ran the ball enough down the stretch. I don't think they ran the ball enough in the playoff game. I mean, that was a flat out embarrassing game plan that they went in there with. They were still in that football game in the second half by some stroke of God because of all the drops and they refused to get back to what they did best against the Bucks in week three or whatever it was, which was run the ball. Like DeAndre Swift probably didn't have a bump or a bruise on him after that football game. Yep. And you know, when you can't pick up a blitz, why are you still continuing to throw the ball? I know running into a, a blitz, a run blitz, and an eight-man sure. you know, box is not the smartest thing to do. But when you can't right. pass protect and you got no hot routes, dropping back for your quarterback to get buried or run for his life also isn't a bright thing to do. I'd rather run the ball at that line and, and take our chances. But 100%. I digress from that. All right, so we glossed over the coordinators because we yeah. got plenty of time to talk about them. We talked yeah. AJ Brown. Uh, yep. We obviously said how embarrassing this this finale was for this team. Before we jump into the Sixers uh, yeah. Super Bowl prediction, you had said before that you will not watch the yep. Super Bowl 
between Taylor Swift nonsense and hating both these teams. You've had enough, John Mita. The NFL ratings are through the roof, but John Mita's had yep. enough. Uh, touch on that real quick, and then give me your Super Bowl prediction. What touch on? Oh, well, yes. I, I'm just how I'm sick just, you I'm, are of, of the NFL, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sick of it. It's just like it's just they just they're throwing stuff down my throat that I don't need. I, I just want to watch sports, take politics and whatever is going on out of it, entertainment, whatever it is. The sideshow, I just want to see football play. Then you know, then you're like. I don't know. I, I'm just tired. I, I can't even speak on it. I'm just, I, I can't. All right, I'll give a prediction. I'm so flustered right now. All right, I'll give a prediction. The Chiefs are going to win this game 31-23. So that's my prediction. Okay. Do you have any other NFL playoff takeaways? Like, hey, you got to do X, Y, and Z. Well, I mean, I, I mean, basically, I think it comes down to this, right? It's like the teams that turn the ball over, like you saw who won the game, like, Baltimore turns the ball over three times. They lose the football game. Look at it like Team Detroit. You know, they had the big running back turnover with Jamar Gibbs, but them not getting, essentially them not, you know, not converting on fourth downs where Josh Reynolds, one, it was a tough catch, but very catchable. Second one, you could have handed it off and put in his numbers. It couldn't have been thrown any more perfect. And, and you look at that, and those were turnovers on downs, and then, you know, Dan Campbell not taking the points. I think you just saw that when it comes down to these games, man, he who makes the least mistakes will win the football game and not turning the ball over in these big-time games is always the difference. So, yeah. I, and, and you need good defense. Yeah, I, I was mean, just going to say that. Look who's still standing, okay? Right, right. All these right. teams that were in the final right. four – yeah, yeah I mean, although I, I guess the Lions, I wouldn't say I wouldn't put them in a top five defense. I don't have the numbers in front of me. No, but, but I think they're in the top ten, maybe. You know, I, I don't know what the numbers. Well, are. between Gardner Johnson and Hutchinson, they've got two Pro Bowl type players right there that I just named off the top of my head. You know, right, like, right. But you, you know. look at you look at Kansas City, Baltimore, and San Fran. Like I think probably three of those are in the top five. I mean, Kansas City's defense is wildly underrated. They've been good all year. They've kind of actually, it's their defense that kind of carried their football team until the offense woke their asses up in the last three weeks of the season, really. Literally in the playoffs. You yeah, know? it's it's kind of like they were just like to to steal the, uh, Dallas, Goddard, the Dallas Goddard the Dallas Goddard line. Yeah. You know. Exactly. But Playing a little possum. So. It's just. Uh, yeah. Let's move look, on. I. I, I... <laughs> I'm not going to lie, John Mead. I'm rooting hard for these Kansas City Chiefs. And there's, right, two, there's two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, maybe three, but All two right. main ones. One, I hate the 49ers. I hate yeah. them so much. I hate how they yeah. acted last year. For them to, if they were to go out and win it this year, they almost yeah. vindicate last year. And I can't have yeah. that. I can't no, have that. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, so it absolutely disgusts me. The Lions crap that game away part of me reveled at the end when it was all over like yeah boy, boy detroit aren't you miserable today but yeah honestly like i was so rattled watching that game because when it was 14 nothing lions all i wanted to do was monday morning because i don't know if you caught this but like after the eagle season came to an end the 49ers that morning show that was having all the beef yeah. with wip they live. Right. They did the live listen in to the start of the yeah. morning show in in Philly, right. 
and they right. laughed and they handed up and oh, they I mean, they just had a chuckle. And when yeah. the Lions were up 14 nothing in the first quarter, it's like I would love nothing more than tomorrow morning to tune into San Fran Sports Radio and just laugh just, at those clowns. You yeah. Know? Anyway, yeah. they pulled it out of their ass. Uh, right. The Lions really gave it away. And really, you could yep. say the Packers gave it away. So sure. I don't think the Chiefs will give it away. Um, nope. So so just to hate the 49ers, I, I would, I'll be rooting for the Chiefs. And on top of that, it does kind of – like you brought up just how much they ripped our our hearts out of our chest last year. Yeah. And I I can't pretend that I've forgotten about that because it still makes me sick to my stomach. But if yeah. they win another one, it just proves how great Mahomes and that group, that core group is with Big Red. Yeah. Know, I didn't want to win his second, obviously, especially against the yeah. Eagles. But if he wins a third, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be uh, – I, yeah. I, I didn't even care when he won his first, you know, because I hated how he left here and how he never got us over the hump. But if right. he gets his third and he's able to do it by beating the 49ers, I got no issue with it at all. Um, yeah. So go Chiefs, go, I guess. I pained me. No, it be his fourth, wasn't it? Or no? No, Brady beat – that's yeah. right. It'd be yeah, his they third. lost right. to the yeah, Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the COVID. Um, what a and, great year. Uh, uh, my, right. my recommendation to all of you out there would be as soon as the Niners take the lead, live bet the Chiefs. There you go. I like um, it. All right. Joel Embiid. Yep. I don't know what you make of this latest injury. I didn't see it, but uh, yep. trade deadline's coming. Give us your state of the Sixers. State of the Sixers is, you know, as much as the pressure in the media put on Joel Embiid to play, they, there was reports that he couldn't jump in Denver. If his knee is really that freaking jacked up, then it's time for the training staff and the coaches. If he wants to go, you got to save the player from himself. He's got to be healthy for the postseason run. As far as trade deadlines, I love the chemistry of this team. I think they play hard for one another together. The only thing I like to see is maybe if you can get a guy like Kyle Lowry on the backup market. So when the Hornets buy out his contract, will he reunite with Nick Nurse? So that's kind of somebody I'm looking at. Maybe Spencer Dinwiddie, another scorer, somebody you can bring off the bench, kind of handle the point guard responsibilities because they don't really have a backup point guard, you know? Beverly's kind of that guy a little bit, but and, and another ball-handling veteran point guard is kind of what I'm on. The, as far as a big splash name, like a guy like Zach Levine, you got Tobias's contract is going to be up at the end of the season. If I were them, I'd kind of hold court and then see what you can do in the next offseason when these guys are free agents. All right. So, Good stuff, kind of Jonathan. You got it, buddy. This is miserable, by the way. It was just – sorry to bring the energy. No, the Brandon Graham the story was good. But, I mean, let's just hope the Eagles get their sh together and we can bring Jeremiah Trotter Jr. home. But we'll have enough time for me to get in the draft lab in the free agent lab, because there are some good free agents, man. If, I don't know if you looked at the list, but man, there's some there's some sought after guys that I like that are coming off the rookie contracts and the free and the linebacker and safety area that are extremely appealing. So we'll see. Love it, Johnny Mita. By the way, while you were talking Sixers, I pulled it up. Jalen Hurts' longest rush this this past season was 24 yards. Twenty and came early so. in the year. Came against the the Commanders the week before that Rams game. Okay. Wow. Wow. Last yeah. year, he had runs of 26, 23, yeah. 
42, mm-hmm. 24, yep. 22, and in the playoffs, 28. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. I just think there's something there. No, I hear you. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we come to find out. Well, Jalen got his knee cleaned, you know, some type last, of scope. Last or year, total rushing in a game. Ready? Yep. 90, 57. I'm cherry picking here. Right. 61, yep. 86, 157 against the Packers. Yep. 77, 61. And in the playoffs, 34, 39, and 70 yards rushing. Yeah. Okay. That was the 2022 season. Okay. Big difference for sure. This year. All right. Yep. 37, 35, 34. One game was 72. That came against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, 47, 21, 36. He had a game of 65, 82. That was against the uh, Seahawks. 34, but none of those got like one or two gaudy games, not a yep. half dozen. And in the playoffs, the yep. one game, one carry for five yards. Yeah, brutal. Summed it up, buddy. Summed so, it up. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate it. Go uh, Chiefs. I, I hope guess. The fee- I hope the playing surface okay. sucks in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Sod father. Come on, man. And you know what? Las the Vegas. Chiefs are going to get every call, and I'm going to love every second of it. Well, that's true, man. I mean, you know they will. Of course they will, man. As much as the Brock Purdy story is cute, Listen. and McCaffrey is your MVP of the league, probably, is your all-around best player, right? He's not going to win it, most likely. But honestly, they want the Come dynasty. On. They want Come the Swifty-Kelsey combo. Oh, they want course. Kelsey Captain, to per- there's, a there's a prop Captain bet. Pfizer? There's a prop bet. There's a prop bet. Whether or not Kelsey, whether yeah, Kelsey will Kelsey will propose after the game. That's a prop bet. Yeah. There's not a shot in hell he proposes after the game. He could never live it down. Yep. I'm with you. Anyway. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll check back with you in a couple of weeks. Until then, try not to be too miserable. (laughs) Pitchers and catchers start shortly. Uh, Johnny Mita, you're the man. You got it, buddy. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll be telling you if yeah, it's a luck, baby brother. boy or a baby girl. We'll see. Good luck, brother. Good luck. We're all thinking of you. Um, all right. You got it. For John Mita, Joe Donald, Brother Love Podcast, I'd say go birds, but there's nothing <laughs> to go on right now. Till next time, we'll see.